are recording in progress with Mr. Dave Gentry. And uh, I do believe that you are the first person to do a podcast, do my podcast from a yacht. And so that is, you get that trophy. You get that. You are one of one. And uh, for everybody else listening, it's uh, Saturday, April 8th, 2023 at 4, 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to support the show, click on that little red button. That's locals. You can support the show or you can go into the description and uh, buy some of the merch. Those are all my custom graphic designs. Mr. Gentry, please introduce yourself, sir. I'm Dave Gentry, CEO of uh, Red Chip Companies and the Gentry Report. Um, is there anything else you'd like me to tell them about myself? Keep going. Yeah, tell them more. What, what, what is Red Chip? Uh, Red Chip's an investor relations and media firm. We represent uh, public small cap companies. Uh, we provide research profiles. We have a TV show on Bloomberg. Uh, we do road shows for our clients with social media. So these are companies that are uh, biotech, high tech, consumer goods, you know, across industries that uh, need exposure in the capital market. So uh, we'll help them raise money as well and we'll uh, present their story to investors in, in a variety of ways. So that's what uh, that's my, my core business. And um, I could tell you more, but uh you know, I, I know that we were here because you saw an article I wrote uh, about the Cambridge Declaration mm -hmm. that students from 50 universities signed in 1994 at Harvard. Um, so I don't know where you'd like to begin the discussion, but um, it's all yours. Well, I think right there is a good point because what you've essentially, I believe, and I might be wrong, I might be putting words in your mouth, is the idea that wokeism isn't new. Wokeism seems to be hitting a fever pitch right now, but it's not new. We are watching the the final outgrowths of, of decades and decades of this mindset of squashing other speech, of, of hating yourself for simply who you are, and dividing and conquering and really creating a tiered system of uh, oppression. Well, that's correct. Uh, in the 90s, we called it political correctness. You know, we were at the heart of the culture war at the University of Florida, where I was getting a master's degree and also teaching public high school at the time. But uh, there were a series of events on at the campus of University of Florida in which favored status groups were um, shutting down student government offices because they didn't get the funding they wanted to get. Uh, there were mandatory seminars for students on complex social moral issues of the day. Um, you know, there were instances, and of course, this was widespread across universities, the Ivy League to the smaller schools and, and, and big public universities like University of Florida in the South. You know, there's one example where a professor had a picture of his wife in his bikini on his office desk and his, uh, his roommate there, or his, his uh, uh, office mate happened to be a female professor, and she complained that that was sexist. And, you know, he was told he had to take the, uh, the picture of his wife off of his desk. So silly things like that. But also in the humanities, you know, we were seeing everything through the lens of, of colonial, colonialism, as you said, oppression um, and um, distorting sort of the American dream, distorting the Western tradition. And the Western tradition has been at the heart of uh, uh, freedom academic freedom, intellectual freedom. It's the foundation for it. 
And that's, um, you know, where we've lost our way today and we were losing our, our way, you know, 40 years ago. Is there any effective way to fight this or are we simply watching it? Is it going to have to be like a negative feedback cycle that it gets so crazy that it kills itself? No, you have to fight it. Look, there's a number of good organizations out there that are, that are uh, you know, out there promoting free speech and fighting wokeism. Um, you know, there's plenty of them. There's a lot of people like not a lot of people. There's people like you out there with podcasts uh, and TV shows. Uh, so you have to fight it. Courage is the first among all the virtues, Aristotle said. And that's what students lack in, in our public at large. They lack courage. You know, we're focused on enjoying our lives, making money. This is the what I call the age of narcissism. So we're not <clears throat> focused on um, understanding and revisiting those principles that made us great. One, of course, of which is, you know, free speech, intellectual freedom. And so the left's continued attempt to impose their ideology on our students uh, and now, you know, even in, in the elementary schools uh, where they're owning a brand of transgenderism and, and other things, um, you know, we've got to go back and, and look at what, what it really meant when, when Socrates said, you know, the unexamined life is not a, a life worth living. You know, Socrates, that's where this Western tradition begins, you know, the ability to examine ourselves, to question our own thinking and to have an open debate so that we can get the best ideas to uh, perpetuate the common good and the best of what's in man. And these are all things that, you know, a lot of us have forgotten. And it's also the idea that, uh, wasn't it Voltaire, is the idea that the concept of intelligence is when you can entertain an idea without necessarily believing it. And that's so important for open discussion say hey i don't agree with what you're saying but okay let's just let's walk it out if i did believe it and you can kind of get into people's heads more and actually maybe find like a, a rational common ground where it's like what are we what are we really doing okay you want this i want that what do we both want and if you can just put it as like i'm a straight heterosexual white guy but for the sake of an argument i could go okay sure what if i was gay or what if i was trans Okay, now do I believe those things? No, but it is something that I can, at the very least, sort of put my mind into that and try to see what someone else is seeing. But we have one group of people that don't even want to do that. It's I'm correct and you're a Nazi, the end. And that's the that's the death of civility. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, Antifa is the perfect example. Uh, Antifa is a fascist organization, but they call themselves anti-fascist. That's what they do. They use intimidation and coercion uh, to suppress free speech, uh, not only on college campuses, but in the, in the public square. Uh, and they're acting as Nazis. And, uh, you know, local uh, campus officials, local government officials, you know, you know, see yourself a few years ago, Berkeley, and uh, brought in a conservative speaker, and Antifa showed up, and they were they were breaking windows in the buildings, burning buildings, burning trash cans, all in an effort to suppress free speech. So it's not too late, but students have to stand up. What we did in the 90s, we set up collegiate chapters of what we called the First Amendment Coalition, 
not the legal entity that you may know today, but this was a student-led organization. And we uh, said, we're going to go to the epicenter of wokeism in the 90s, which was Harvard. And they said, we're gonna, let's do a conference at Harvard. Let's bring in students from all over the country. And let's, um, let's declare we're on the radical left, but let's also, uh, in a reasoned way, show why the Western tradition and free speech is important in, 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 in society and university setting. And that's what we did. And we wrote a document called the Cambridge Declaration, which was a defense of, of free speech, academic freedom, again, the Western tradition. Um, we called on administrators and students um, to um, stop the seminars, which these universities use to inculcate uh, students on, on a particular ideology, you know, one view, their view on on these complex social moral issues of the day. So um, that was a big success. You know, we set up chapters. Uh, there were conferences held on these other campuses. We're bringing in, they were bringing in speakers that were, you know, in the center or more conservative than that what students had been seeing on campus. And these students began standing up for free speech rights and challenging administrators. So that's what needs to be done. I mean, I'd love to see another national conference with students from all over the country converging, maybe at Harvard, maybe at Berkeley. And let's, uh, you know, let's sign another uh, and declare another Cambridge Declaration. And take, you know, again, take the fight aggressively to the woke in a, in a reasoned way. What would need to be what would need to be done to have a second declaration? So what we did is, you know, we we were aligned back then with the National Association of Scholars, which is a, a academic uh, professor uh, organization led by Stephen Walsh back then. I think he still the uh, I think he still leads it, and that was that was professors on college campuses who were fighting for free speech rights, academic freedom. And uh, so we aligned with them. We aligned with the Young America's Foundation. And then David Horowitz, um, his center for the study of popular culture in L.A. back then. I don't know if you uh, followed David Horowitz, but Recognize the he name. was a radical. Yeah, he was a radical in the 60s. He wrote a book called The Radical Son. So he was a leftist, hard leftist in the 60s. In the 80s, he came, he came around and became more of a, a conservative thinker and a, and a believer, again, in the Western tradition and all the principles that made us great. So he shed his sort of leftist views on oppression and colonialism and imperialism and, and began to see things more clearly. And so he had a newspaper that he put out back then called Heterodoxy. And it was about everything that was going on on college college campuses uh, in, in terms of political practice. So reports of newspaper thefts and conservative newspapers are being stolen. Uh, students were being censored for saying things that were not considered appropriate. Um, speech codes. And so we aligned ourselves with these organizations and we started calling on, uh, we formed our own First Amendment coalition at the University of Florida with, with a lot of law students and and um, other leaders of other organizations. And then we started calling campus leaders at other universities. And we, again, decided, you know, we're going to go to Harvard uh, and take take the fight right to the belly of the beast, which we did. 
and uh, big success, a lot of media, a lot of attention, a lot of chapters were established out of it. Um, and so I would like to see, you know, I'd love to see again, another, another big conference like this and let's just lay it out. Um, I want to get this Cambridge declaration out in the public square again. I think it's a, it's a timeless document. I don't know if you've had a chance to read it or you've seen it, That's right. Tommy. I said no, sir. Um, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll send it to you. Okay, please do. What are your opinions on something like on like Rumble? So, like, I was banned from YouTube in August 2021 for interviewing Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone, and I've had to go to Rumble and sort of rebuild my entire podcast community there. Um, in a in a way, that's almost a digital version of what you're talking about. Is it's breaking away from the monolith of YouTube. And it's saying like, "Hey, come say whatever the fuck you want." And it's people. It's a conservative website. No, it's not. No, it's not. You can find any liberal channel you want to. What it is is it's a platform that if you obey the laws of the land, which I think the what speech laws in America are like, you can't incite violence. It's pretty. It's pretty clean and uh, clean and cut. And that's uh that's growing in leaps and bounds. I think financially last year they grew five hundred and twenty one percent. I think their user wow. base has gone Love up it. like a hundredfold. Like, Love it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? No, no right answer, no right or wrong answer, just kind of opinion. Like, it, is that a way to move towards it? Just... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. And uh, starting your own platforms, your own social media um, platforms. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, that's what, what Trump trying to do with his platform but absolutely those are the types of things that that we need to do um uh, but you know we need to come to again i i think we all need to sort of come together at a, at a major conference maybe even invite leaders of the woke movement and let's have a try to have a reason debate discussion a civil debate uh, of course they won't show up um but absolutely rumble and any other outlets, anything that we can do to, again, get out there and promote freedom. What can I do to help with my with my platform? I think you could, I think, you know, just taking this this deck, this, this document, the Cambridge Declaration, and just making your viewers aware of it um, and um, calling on them to, I'm not sure the demographic of your viewers, but you know, whether you're a you know a parent, get involved in the uh, you know the, in the uh, PTA we used to call them. Get involved at the local level. Um, you know, look at the curriculum. So I mean, you could simply make people aware and call call on them to act to do something to fight this wokeness. Yeah, I think the demo is 28 to 50, which is weird. Yeah. I always figured it would be younger people, but apparently the younger people don't don't watch this shit at all. They're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that's you know that's part of the problem because again, you know, my view this this is the age of narcissism mm -hmm. and it's the age of violence. And so, you know, three things we care about: money, this culture, and we care about getting as much attention to ourselves and that we possibly can. And I don't mean you know, it, 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 and I mean it's like absolutely everywhere, whether it's Facebook, TikTok. It's all about the self. Well, we've got to get outside the self and, uh, you know, and, and realize that to promote the common good, to, to 
be the best that we can be does require intellectual freedom. Um, and it does require that you have some knowledge of, of, of those principles. And that means, you know, you, know, you, you want to read the meditations of Marcus Aurelius. Mm -hmm. You want to read the Nicomachean Ethics. You, you know, um, so, you know, you want to know your American history. You want to you know, go back and read the Constitution. You know, go back and read the Declaration of Independence. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to talk about. You know, I, I there's a great antinomy in this in this so in this culture and, and worldwide, and that is you've seen the, the biggest countries in the world are run by tyrants, mm -hmm. um, whether it's Xi in China or Putin or the Ayatollah in Iran or you know, uh, you know North Korea, Kim Jong Un. You know, you look around, and and we're run by tyrants, and and so this, this centralization of power, and the government also here, obviously, and and China and Russia and media very closely tied, very closely tied, uh, uh, to promoting that, you know, you know, in our country a very leftist view, and so you know that's the centralization of power, and on the other hand. We've seen a, a huge decentralization in the media because there are people like you all over the world. The Internet has opened up uh, discussion and forums on every conceivable topic. So you have a lot of people reporting news today that they're not with any sort of established old institutions or newspapers or radio stations. They're out there on their own. So we've seen this big decentralization. We've seen it in finance. Um, with the blockchain, you know, we're decentralizing finance. Uh, and so while there's all this sort of decentralization uh, in the culture at large, whether, you know, making music, the independent artists, you know, they're not having to go to the big labels to, 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 to become known. So we see that everywhere. But then on the other side of it, again, we see, we see government and media closely tied together and, um, in you know creating a ideology and inculcating using our our laws and everything they can our media to inculcate a particular worldview and i think that much is apparent that they also want to destroy any semblance i was just listening to these two comedians the other day and they were like they're like hey i'm all for like the trans movement like you know you want to do you you're an adult go for it whatever makes you happy i could genuinely mean that and he's like, you, you are taking, like, the last things that some people have, including, like, their beer. He's like, it's turning into a humiliation ritual, and you wonder why they hate y'all. Like, they, you can't do anything without it now be covered in a in a rainbow flag. Which, again, go for it. You do you. But, like, this is the stuff that makes people hate. Like, I don't care what you do. Go for it. If you if that is that if that's how you fit in in this this life, and it's where you feel comfortable, who the hell am I to tell you not to do that? But right. it doesn't right. need to be on every goddamn billboard. Like you're gonna you're gonna make people hate you s simply to get you to shut up. Well, look, it's you know I. They can put it on the billboard. Look, these are their belief systems, and they're going and they're promoting it, and they're using every 
every resource they can, um, whether it's government, education, legal, doesn't matter, to promote it and to put it on the same moral plane as any other lifestyle. Um, that's what they're doing. So, um, and they, 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 they have a right to do that, but they don't have a right to teach our children and our students um, that that lifestyle that you have to approve of it. And if you don't, you're a bigot. No, you're not a bigot because you don't approve of it. Yeah. No, you're not. You you have a different view because you have a different epistemological base. You have a different view of knowledge and truth. And that brings me to another subject, and that is the, um, you know, it's particularly in academia, but we it's really we see it everywhere. The belief that there is no objective truth that all is relative. So every lifestyle, every culture, every civilization in the woke mindset are are equal um of course except the western tradition which was you know imperialistic and and, and et cetera et cetera et cetera but other than that they're, they're basically saying you have you can't make these moral judgments because that's that's not real truth but we have you know people that believe in objective truth you know, we know rationally that you cannot put, for example, a civilization whose highest achievement was building out a dugout canoe and a civilization that sent a man to the moon. That civilization that sent a man to the moon is far superior in so many ways <laughs> and to the to, you know, these other is that other culture. So but not in their mindset not in their their mindset and and you know it just goes back to again really understanding you know american history and american uh you know, literature and, and taking courses in logic and philosophy this is what you know these these anti antifa and these woke leaders you know many of them are just half educated people that that have have looked at things from only one viewpoint one left very leftist viewpoint if not bothered to educate themselves on other views i'm reading a book right now that i haven't finished yet but i think you might like it uh, guns germs and steel i think the guy's name is oh yeah uh-huh i've heard of that yeah, yeah. i think i haven't i think i've read parts of it. i just started it last week i just started it last yeah. week very good very good guns I... germs and steel yeah that yeah. was who's that written by is it um, is it diamond is it jarrett maybe um, pull it up right now. Um, I have it on my Audible right now. I I try to listen to a book a week. Jared Diamond. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, the fate Jared, of human yeah, societies. Uh, yeah, winner of the Pulitzer yep. Prize, Guns, Germs, and Steel. It's a great book. Yeah, and then, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a uh, yeah. It's very clear. Or another one you might like is a uh, Private Empire by Steve Call about Exxon Mobil. There's a lot of you know, forget the fact that it's about oil. That's not the takeaway. The the takeaway is is the constant struggle between like the CEOs looking at there's a limited number of resources in this world and how are we gonna get them and the national security value that they have and then the kind of the bleeding heart, like you're evil, we need to all be going on solar, but I wanna maintain the same level of living that I have 
and there is just this very like realistic of like you can call me an evil CEO I'm a big bad oil man he was like your life depends on the work that we do like your lifestyle like you like your phone right you like your clothes you like all this shit right, right. so right. You, you're it's a luxury for you to chant outside and throw fake blood on us and call us murderers like you drove here in your dad's Bentley to protest do you know what's right. going on well why does the military have to be so big hey we don't go over and just drill oil for fun the reason why no one fucks with us is because uh 10 miles off the coast is a, is a destroyer a navy destroyer that's what it is. And it's the first time I read the book a couple of years ago, I was disgusted by it. And I reread it again about a month ago. And I've completely changed my mind on it. Uh-huh. And it's just right. like in, in terms of it's in terms of that there's truth. It's not that it's good truth or bad truth. It's just that there is truth. It's a, the world is a right. zero sum game. There are a limited number of resources. Right. It's, well, you know, it's it's understanding capitalism in its full spectrum. Right. Yeah. That's what capitalism has created great wealth. It's it's enabled us to pour billions into helping the, the minorities in this country. Yeah, I mean that's what the wealth does, creating jobs. Um, but obviously there have been excesses, and sure. um, and that's 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 what democracy is. That's what capitalism is: the freedom freedom to innovate, the freedom to make mistakes as well. Sure. Yeah. It's it's and again to me I come away with it and it, I don't come away from that book with some wide-eyed you know glowing idyllic view of capital. It, of course there are drawbacks. You know you can read. I love reading about the U.S. military. Like spoiler alert, like we've done some bad things. Like I underst- I understand that, but I also try to look at things in the most realistic way possible. Like objective, remove my own emotions, remove my own biases. Which obviously I have the American flag behind me, so I am biased. But like I try to remove all of that and go like just what is really going on. Like in terms of the grand scheme of all of human civilization, where for the majority of our history we were walking around naked, beating the shit out of each other, and killing someone because I didn't like that they worshipped a different god. And now I see where we are now in relative civility. I'm like, yeah, this is the least worst place to live. We have the the flawed. We have the best constitution and bill of rights. And geographically, you couldn't choose a more safe place. Two oceans, two mountain ranges. Yeah, this is as good as it gets. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. You know, is grandma living at 85 perfect? No. But that's really cool that your grandma got to live to 85, you know, in in, in relative at the last year's bad. OK, but that's pretty cool. And you just you don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And right now we have people who are destroying the most perfect thing we have in this world, the United States, though not perfect, the most perfect thing. And they're destroying it in hopes of erecting a utopia, the very utopia that whenever attempted in the past results in 10 million people in death camps for every time it happens communism killed a hundred million people in the last century yeah you have to sh- you have to nip this stuff in the bud sorry for that my, mm-hmm. my little soapbox right. Right? You're absolutely, absolutely right yeah you said you, you've got the flag behind you there's a book that Harold Bloom wrote I believe in 1987 may have been 91 it's called The Closing of the American Mind and it was a book, he's a professor in the university. And um, he begins the book by saying, look, there's one thing that, that students are taught at our universities and that's that all truth is relative. 
and it goes back to what I, I said just I said earlier that it's a, it's a belief system that says every culture, every civilization, every lifestyle is equal. And you cannot make judgments saying one is better or one is superior. Um, and so the movement you're talking about, the leftist movement, the woke movement to destroy all our great traditions, our great reminders of our history, uh, it is it, it is a, a movement towards utopia, a, a type of globalism. But every culture, every culture at their core has a belief that they're the greatest culture, that they're the greatest country, that they're the greatest civilization. And that's what gives that culture strength. Um, and you, so, you know, this belief that, yes, America is a superior nation to any nation in the history of the world. You know, that's, that's a belief system that, that, that contributes to the common good. If you, if you understand the principles behind it. And so, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're a nationalist. I'm a nationalist. Absolutely. And we should be love our country and, uh, and understand what's made it great. And it's also, everyone should be a nationalist. Like there's nothing wrong with loving your country. There's absolutely right. nothing wrong with loving where you're from, where you were raised, where your parents were raised, where you're, and that goes for America, Germany, Uganda, Russia, whatever. It's okay to love your country. The idea of nationalism is evil. No, it's nationalism is a it's a love of your tribe. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that that comes to the core of all wokeism. And the best I've been able to boil it down after God knows how many interviews about this topic is it comes down to self-hatred and dest- and destruction versus self-love and creation. It's so much easier to hate yourself or to hate what's around you, to point out what's wrong, and then to just destroy it. The real challenge, the real academic, intellectual, and spiritual challenge, and of course financial and constructive, is to look at something, perhaps not like it, but say, I want to, it's with love or with, with innovation, I want to build something even more special. I want to make something better. So it's easy to go YouTube censoring people, fuck them and quit. Okay. The real challenge is to go YouTube censoring. They suck, but I love free speech. I love videos. I'm going to create rumble. And it comes down to tear it all down. They never replace it with anything. Tear it down. It's always easier to break a break a, a Lego building than it is to rebuild it. I, as a kid, I know that the real thing comes down to is self-hatred and destruction versus self-love and creation. And that really kind of applies across the board. There is no there is no replacement for censorship. They just cut it out. They just, no, it, if you don't like what someone's saying, say something better. If they're saying misinformation, use facts and prove them wrong. But it's just snuffing everything out versus creating new. And I really do think it comes from a place of self-hatred. You don't, you don't mutilate yourself if you love yourself. You don't, you don't feel guilt for something that. Well, it's a it's a hatred for our institutions. I don't well, know it's, if it's, it's self. But it's a hatred for the for our institutions, and um, it's a hatred of capitalism. It's a hatred of democracy. <clears throat> you know, it's a hatred of of anything that can be perceived as historically uh, oppressive. And uh, 
in, in, and without understanding everything that this country has done to correct its mistakes of the past mm. more than any country in the history of the world. Mm. Uh, you know, slavery is a, a terrible mark uh, in the history of our country. You know, if you read if you read the autobiography, and he had several, Frederick Douglass, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the way these, 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 these kids were treated as slaves was just absolutely horrible. They separated it from their parents. They, they ate out of troughs. They gave them burlap to, to dress clothing. It was, it was, you know, and so, you know, students read that, the woke members they bred, it, it, and they they they've really studied slavery. They understand how horrible it was. And they saw and they see all the injustices. But what they're missing is is everything that we've done to correct it more than any nation in the history of the world. And you know um, whether it's the war on poverty, the Civil Rights Act of '64, the Civil Rights Act of '68, um, um, uh, just the affirmative action just you know again institutions that have given billions to minority projects all of it, not only in this country but all over the world so you know that's the piece they don't understand and so they understand one piece of our history and it's a very bifurcated you know it's a it's a fallacy of bifurcation mm. and they're thinking it's what it is mm. um I say on on that note, let's wrap this one up. But man, I'd love to have you on again sometime. Yeah, thank you, Tommy. Really, really great meeting you. And uh, do I have your email? I think you do. And yeah, no, you do. And I, I'm, I'll give you my number in there. Let's definitely yeah. do another one because it sounds like you and I have read a lot of the same stuff. And uh, yeah, I can, I, I think, I think we should set a uh, set aside some time for a longer podcast and really go down a, a, a philosophical rabbit hole. And I'll send you the uh, Cambridge Declaration. Please and, do. Uh, look forward to uh, meeting you sometime. Keep Please up do. the great work, man. Well, really hey, appreciate well, it. I'm going to stop recording for a second. Hold on. Recording stop. stopped. Stop that. And I'll stop.